Welcome to the Butter Chicken Podcast, hosted by DJ Shirai and DJ Juicy. Ooh. We focus on the stories of individuals who are making great impact in society and culture. The Butter Chicken Experience is well-cooked, thought-provoking conversation. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the vibes. You got the culture? Welcome, guys. Can we lower the bass a little, Avi? Actually, Arjun, you want to get on the board? I know you weren't supposed to. <laughs> All right, cool. I think we're good. Everybody can hear us, right? Yeah? All right. All right cool. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I'm still getting feedback. Can yeah, you turn that speaker? Let's lower the mics a little bit, bring the bass down. Yay. There we go. And okay. kill the bass a little bit. Hey, hey, hey. Got to get it right. For those of you who don't know me, I go by the name of DJ Sherrod. I'm DJ Juicy, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the Butter Chicken Podcast. Um, this is a unique uh, sort of situation for us and probably for all of you. Um, Juicy and I had this vision about a year ago to do the Butter Chicken Podcast. And our, our objective was to tell the stories of unique individuals doing dope and impactful stuff in society and culture. And over the last six months of recording and putting out episodes, uh, we've really, really gotten to build some great content. Would you say, Juicy? Absolutely. And here's some incredible stories, man. Like, it, it's super important to kind of understand everybody's perspectives, especially from our culture, our diaspora. It's, it's refreshing. Something for us, you know, we grew up, we grew up being super proud of being South Asian, being where we're from. Um, but we also grew up in New York, and we grew up on hip hop. Both Juicy and I were born in Queens, right? You were born here, I was born here. Then our parents got money and they both all moved <laughs> to Long Island like, like a lot of us did. But we always have this, this thing for Queens, and we always talk about it. If you've any, ever listened to our show, uh, you would know that Queens is a big part of who we are. Uh, Queens is in our blood as much as being Desi is in our blood, would you say? Absolutely. I live down the block from here. I'm back in Queens, so come full circle for me. Um, in doing this and in bringing you guys here tonight, we wanted to do something really special for the community, and we really wanted to do something special for someone who we believe in, someone who we feel uh, is making great impact in society and culture, uh, not just in the music space, but almost becoming a cultural icon. Uh, someone who works all over the world. Uh, she doesn't just work here in America. Part of her, most of her fan base is in India, but we wanna kinda educate you guys on who Raja Kumari is today. Some of y'all who are sitting in this room might not have ever heard her music, but by the end of the, end of the night, all you guys are gonna become fans and that's what we're really trying to do here. Um, before we get started, I want to shout out a couple people. Uh, Trisha, what's up? Brown girl, stand up. So Trisha helped us out. She brought uh, a lot of energy for us today. She helped us run the contest on Instagram, and um, we called on her uh, just because she's a good friend and has the reach that we don't have, and when we partner on certain things, it just feels really good. So uh, I'm going to just give the mic to her for a second. Thanks for that. I appreciate it, Sharad. I, too, am a Queens native, so it's, 
you know, it's always good to be full circle. I, too, moved back to Queens, <laughs> Long Island City. Just <laughs> So I did full circle as well. And, um, you know, I couldn't be prouder and happier to be a part of today's event. Um, we've been big fans of Raju Kumari. We actually helped release her The Come Up about a year and a half ago. So it's exciting to actually be here and meet her in person today. And... Um, the work that you guys are doing, I mean, for years, it's, it's manifested into this. So congrats, guys. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Another Give it up, Patricia. Uh, another person we want to acknowledge um, is my man Deepak in the back. Deepak, stand up real quick. He's a quiet dude. Um, but Deepak uh, is also helping us change the game in a lot of ways. Uh, he runs Point at a company that just launched the United States a few years ago called Bira. It's the... If you see us, if you follow us on social media, we've been posting a lot about Bira. Bira is an amazing new beer that Juicy will tell you about. It's incredibly delicious. <laughs> I've had three of them already and I'm feeling kind of nice. Make sure you grab them, they're on the tables. Um, but uh, I, I think that one thing specifically, um, I think alcohol is something that's in, in North Indian, I'm North Indian, so it's in, in our culture, right? Um, we drink at celebrations. Uh, we drink at any kind of uh, coming of age event, weddings, etc. So having a, a bespoke brand to our culture, I think, is is really nice. It's really impactful, and just having conversation over drink, right? That's that's what it's about. So um, Bira is incredibly delicious, and it pairs really well with the Indian food. So enjoy it. And extremely <laughs> supportive of us. Yes, for sure. Uh, lastly, we're in Queens, right? You guys came out in the snow which is incredible because people were hitting me all day like, yo, the snow, is it canceled? I don't know. My car is telling me two hours. Uber's $227. I don't know if I could make it. But we got a full house. You guys are here. So we're appreciative tremendously of you guys coming to Queens, especially if you're not from Queens. Thank uh, you. Very importantly, um, our venue hosting us tonight is our boys, Queens Bully. Um, make some noise. Oh, so these guys are our brothers. They're our little bros. They're our family. Um, one thing we talk about is brown excellence. Always, we always talk about brown excellence, Juicy and I. And we believe in the youth. We believe in the youngsters coming up. It's a, it's a big thing for us. I've got two children, so I look at the youth as, as the people younger than me that are going to help my kids do what they're going to do later on in life. And uh, these two guys who own Queens Bully, my man Rohan and Suraj, give it up for them for allowing us to come in their space. If you tried the butter chicken wings, it's incredible. They're halal too. Right? So it's pretty good. Incredible. Um, All credit goes to me for that one, by the way. I'll yeah, take that. Juicy invented that. <laughs> um, I think without further ado, it's only right. We bring out our guest of honor today. Yo, make some noise right now for Raja Kumari out there. Y'all could do better than that. She came, she came in the snow. She's been, she's been doing press all day. Can you fit? We're good? We're good. <laughs> All of it fits. What's crazy wow. is, is... Hi, guys. Hi. Oh, my God. I can't believe you're all here. Thank you. It's a really crazy night for me. And this is the best way to spend it with all of you. So amazing. Thank you. Can we bring her mic up a little bit? You want me to be louder? <laughs> Just so we match. You guys, this day has been so crazy. So, um... What's crazy is that she's done a lot of press, right? Like it's been, can I say who you, who, all the press? 
She did Ebro. I saw Time Magazine on the list, I believe. Title. Tequila. And, uh, <laughs> and butter chicken, yes. right? So if you look at the, the list of the people that Roger's, <laughs> Roger's dealing with today, I feel honored that you came through and it's the last stop. So we appreciate that. Well, we had to spend it with family because my first single is going to drop in how many minutes? My phone has been dead for hours. I don't even know. About 30, 30 minutes. Is. Yeah. In 33 minutes. There you We're going to play yeah. this crazy. So crazy. It's crazy. Uh, what's amazing to me is that being such an accomplished artist thus far, uh, you're super humble. And I, I had DM the shit out of you for you to finally talk to me and, and start working and, you know, help, you know, get the ball rolling on the promo. So I'm glad we're here and I'm glad we've made it to this moment. Uh, I think what we like to do is always tell the come up story. In fact, you got a mixtape called The Come Up. Album. No pun intended. My bad. My mixtape was Curry Sauce, my volume bad, my one. Bad, my bad. <laughs> um, so we want to talk a little bit about your history and how you got in the game. I think Juicy's going to lead with a question. Yeah, so um, kind of tell us and walk us through what inspired you to get into this space of music. I think it was a really natural um, progression for me. I started with classical dance, so I was surrounded by amazing, you know, just musicians and instrumentalists. I would tour in India with like a seven-piece orchestra. And I remember as a child, like trying to imitate the sounds of the violin or, and they were always like, how does she know all of it? And I think I just kept realizing, wait, I think I'm good at this. I think this is something I should continue. Um, it just evolved, like learning all the thals and the jatis and then understanding that that knowledge was so ancient and then that was the same thing that was happening in hip hop. You know, me experiencing it as an American child just kind of getting whatever I could through pop culture. You know, my parents were only distributing like Bollywood music, classical music to me, whatever I could get, you know, on like Nickelodeon or like the, like, the, like uh, what was it, the Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen twins, like mixtape, like whatever I could get American. <laughs> um, and then, you know, um, I got the Fuji's album. My older brother, who I will always credit with this, um, you know, he just gave me the album and was like, you should learn the song Killing Me Softly. I think you would sound really good singing it. And I just kept wandering to like track two, track three, and like learned the whole album and just understood that like hip hop and classical music had so much more in common than most people, you know, would say off the top. So like that way, idea of like making the two worlds one just kept inspiring me, encouraging me to like figure it out. And I just used my like mathematical Indian mind and like <laughs> learned how to take apart, you know, amazing songs and figure out why do I remember them? Like what are these like mental like little tools people are using to make me remember this song? Why do I enjoy it? And you know, I just worked on my craft and it just became a hobby to an obsession, to a passion, to my dharm, you know, I can't not do it. So did you have like a, a affinity to like one or the other or was it kind of a healthy mix of both? I'm an artist in every sense. So like I don't see any barriers between them. Like I paint, I dance, I make music, I want to make film. You know, whatever, however I see the world, I see it with my frame and that's the art that I want to make. So, you know, as I grow as an artist, I'm going to move more into the visual realm with my music and try to use my... Uh, the minutes that I have your attention to teach you more about how I see the world or open your eyes, maybe not teach you, but just open your eyes to another perspective. So, you know, I think 
there was nothing between dance and music because, you know, dance was, like, music was just melodically dancing on it. Mm -hmm. So I would just kind of dance on it and sing and just figure it out, you know? So you embrace both. Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they flow into each other. There shouldn't be any, like, limits between it, I feel. Interesting. I mean, I think that's, uh, it's the perspective, you know, growing up here, because I think a lot of us can relate to this, identifying with your culture, also identifying with the Western culture growing up here, you know, it's like an on-off switch. You turn it on when you're at home, right? And you're, you're Desi and you're South Asian and you're Indian. Um, and then when you get to school, it's like, all right, uh, yeah, did you hear that record that came out on the radio and things like that? So uh, the fact that you had the foresight to kind of embrace both, I think really uh, speaks to the artist that you are today as well. I and, had really uh, good friends, yeah. you know, whose parents were super cool. And I would pick through, you know, their libraries and be like, what's Pearl Jam? And she'd be like, come on, let me teach <laughs> you about things. So I was really lucky to have like another set of American parents that took me rock climbing and That's took amazing. me snowboarding and played Sublime oh, for you me. You did cool shit. I was really lucky. I had a, like a best friend that her parents would take me, you know, and do white people things. And I was like, yes. <laughs> you know, camping. Like, my parents were never going to take me camping. Like, that's not happening. Did they pack you, like, rotis and foil? <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. I, when my mom would send, like, pulihora, which is, like, you know, um, like, lemon rice, she would send it um, for lunch, but she'd always have to pack three because there was these two people in my class that if they were like, do you have the yellow rice? Where's mine? And I'd be like, my mom packed it. You know, like... So, you know, we always used to share. Interesting. Um, any other, like, musical influences outside of the Fugees as you were growing up? Oh, of course. I mean, everything influenced me. Like, I remember periods of time where I listened to Brandy all day, and I just studied, like, the harmonies and the tone of her voice. So sometimes you can, like, hear the people that raised me and my voice, like Bob Marley. Like, we just went and saw Stephen Marley before we came here. Wow. It's like you're sitting there watching the seed of Bob Marley, you know? And there's this way that he, like, lets go of everything. Like, there's this tone to the voice. I do that. I learned from Bradley Knoll, Sublime, mm. you know. Like, I have all these people, all my gurus. Like, they exist in my tone. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I can relate to that, too, growing up here, right? Just kind of picking and choosing some of the artists stand out to you, so. I mean, they all influenced me. I remember, like, Mr. Bombastic. Like, anything that I got, <laughs> I, like, I was like, yes, American music. Like, I, I was only, I remember my parents, when I wanted to buy music, I had to go, like, this blockbuster, and it used to have, like, parental advisory, and then they would, like, open it and let them listen, and obviously, I'd never heard, like, Foxy Brown, I have no idea what she says, I just know I want the CD, so I'll, like, scan and be like, this one seems like it'll have the least bad words, and just put it on her ears and just hope she doesn't understand, and, like, get a CD, and, like, then try to figure out what the hell is this person talking about, you know? So, I mean, hip-hop for me, was, it, was an, it was an education of self-education. I, ha I had to put myself through it. I read somewhere that you were also into Wu-Tang. I mean, obviously. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I just... Anything, all the hip-hop, like Method Man, Red Man, Wu-Tang. I just like that aggressive. I don't know, I always liked... I think because I did Shiva Thandavam, and I did Maishas for Madhini as a six-year-old, so, like, I slayed demons when I was six years old. You know, I, like, put... I just destroyed them with the trishulam so i really related to any time people made me feel like that with music you know um, when i hear your music like I, I feel like i gotta make a face like mm, like damn like it just did something to me that's crazy <laughs> yeah the mixtape i think there's a re there's a version of new level that i that i did mm -hmm. and every time i do it live i just feel like okay about to turn into the monster and i'll be like I'm on a new level. And it's like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> the whole crowd's like mouth drops open. We saw some of that last night. Was anybody there last night at our show? 
Make I some noise to. if you were there at a show last night. I had to turn up. There was a few of y'all there. And, um, it was loud in there, man. It was, it was interesting to see you in that element, especially coming from just like getting off a flight and then having to turn into artist mode. Um, it's easy. For you, right? Because you've easy. been doing it for I mean, so it's, long. It's life. I mean, it's, for me, it's just like I feel really free when I can express myself on stage. I realized I hadn't performed for about a month, two months, because I've been finishing the album and you know, making the video and shooting the photos and doing everything else artists do that I had so much energy in me that I was like, oh, I gotta get it out. Like, I just was like, atomic bomb, what's good? <laughs> like, it's like, interesting, Miley, what's it's interesting good? you said something about like all the things that artists have to do. Some people don't understand that. Like being an artist, you have to be really involved in your creative process. Can you kind of walk us through that? Because I saw a little bit of that, even you, like during soundcheck, and you kind of like telling me, like, "Yo, backspin this here or doing yeah. do this." What's the creative process like outside of the music? What else do you have to do on a daily basis? I mean, there's so much that goes into being an artist, and especially if you have like music with a message or you want to do something very specific. I mean, it's your brand. It's the way people perceive you. It's the way the photos are, you know, taken. The you know, the way the font that's chosen, what vibe it gives people, you know, everything, attention to detail. So I'm an artist when it comes to everything. So sometimes I'm a perfectionist. That's why I take a lot of time with it. But, you know, a lot goes into it. You just have to be very focused on everything about it. It's details. It's like painting, you know. You have to, like, shade things in. I want to ask a question specifically about working with a major label. Um... Now, your new record's coming out on Epic. <laughs> are, are you the first South Asian female artist on Epic in the United States? I mean, that's a very specific question, so yes, <laughs> yes. I am. I just wanted to make that clear. <laughs> I, with hip hop, um, doing stuff independently and working with multiple labels throughout your career, how has it shifted now in working with a label and walking into a label? Do you walk in a little different than, say, maybe you would have five years ago with a oh, yeah. different type of experience? I think completely. I think the more you know yourself, um, the easier you can get shit done because you have to direct it. Like, you have to let go of the idea that there's this magical person that's going to direct it for you or put it on for you. It's like you are the master of your whole expression. Um, working with the label for me has been about letting go of control and um, that's its own experience like obviously I have creative control but I I'm gonna stop putting all my energy on writing the actual post or I'm gonna stop putting all my energy on trying to call someone to ask about an edit I'm gonna let professionals do what they do and I'm gonna focus on being the best artist I can be and for me that's like my health that's like getting my, my mental right that's like you know making sure when I'm on stage that I'm not out of breath and that I hit every note because if you're paying to see me perform, I better perform. Like, it's a golden life that I dreamt of and I, I don't want to spend my time, you know, worrying about numbers or streams. Sometimes I don't even look at it. Someone has to tell me. I'm like, what? What, did it, what happened? It crossed a million? Like, I remember dreaming of it crossing a thousand or 10,000 the way that the markers keep moving. You just have to stay focused on the climb. Like when you get to the top of one mountain, you have to look over and see, is there another peak? You know, like where else can I go? So I think with the, out, with the label this time, I just, I've cast my net really wide and I have like very big dreams and goals for this album. So 
I'm just excited to work with professionals that can help me, you know, um, really go global. That's my goal. I've always wanted to be global. And, you know, I hope that they can help me do that. You in New York? <laughs> <laughs> Made it this far. What is this? Yeah. So we're, we're in full-blown Raja Kumari artist mode. What was, let's back up a little bit, what was the turning point that kind of said, hey, look, this is something that I want to pursue full-time, and I'm just giving it my all and 100% commitment? Well, when I, uh, I studied comparative religion in college, so I studied, like, ancient history, mythology, culture, and the next step for me would have been a PhD, and, you know, that takes, like, eight years, and I'm about to be done with college and I've been always writing and I'm singing, I'm recording my own songs and my dad tells me, you know, you don't need to spend your youth in the library. I can't believe my father said this. He doesn't quite remember it, but it was life changing. <laughs> and he said, why don't you take one year and pursue music full time and see what really happens. I don't want you to regret, you know, never really trying, you know, cause you love it so much. And um, I took a year off and I took another year off and I just kept going because at the end of every year I'd come so far and I was like you know I can't turn around now you know I met Diddy or like I can't turn around now I got signed to a publishing deal I can't turn around now I got a Grammy nomination I can't turn around now I got a platinum I can't turn around now I got Wait, signed pause to for a, a second. you said Grammy nomination <laughs> can we talk about that a little bit yeah it was pretty wild can we talk about that yeah, story? Yeah, that, that was crazy because it was a conflicted <laughs> nomination because it was like, if, I, if she wins, then I'm not happy. I don't agree, kind of, which is fucked up. But, you know, I worked on Iggy Azalea's album and um, she was nominated against a lot of incredible albums that year. That's why, I personally, when I looked at the albums she was nominated against, I, I was a fan, you know, of, of the work that the other artists had done. But being nominated as part of the album, I was just like happy to be able to add, you know, Grammy nominated, that my mom could list that on her bio data photo of me, you know? They just knew that it was more real. When I first found out, I was in the gym, I like forgot that they were announcing it that day and then my phone just starts vibrating by me. I'm like, oh my God. And I just saw a tweet and I just like ran out of the gym and was like, mom! And you know, I just realized that I had to keep going, you know, it was crazy. Speaking of mom, yes, I saw in an interview that <laughs> your mom sent Matai or sweets for Lil Wayne. For Lil Wayne. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was super interesting. How'd you, so... get, how'd you get Lil Wayne's address? <laughs> no, it's not. She didn't send it like that. I, I had met uh, Lil Wayne at like a music video thing. One of my friends was there. Some, some way I had met him. And it was cool because, I, I don't know, I didn't even say I was a musician. I just was like drawing a lot on my iPad. I was in that zone where I was like making a lot of art. And, I, you know, I had just been in the studio with him and like hung around him and was just like able to kind of witness him working. And um, it was like the second or third time I had gone in to like sit in on his sessions and my mom knew I was going. So she sent like a cashew brittle, like Matai, like the chiku with me. And um, yeah, I gave it to him and he was eating it. He's like, this is really good. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna tell my mom. My mom, that you love it. It was fun. Was, I have a lot of those really. Was crazy he the stories. only musician that she that, sent Matai to? No, I mean Ar Rahman. She like sends him food every time. She's like, "You're going to see Ar." So she like get in the kitchen and start like making all this crazy stuff. Put it in a tiffin, snap it, like go, you know. So she she definitely loves to cook for you know whoever she like. She when Madhuri when I met Madhuri Dixit, she was like sending her presents constantly. It's so cute. Yeah, she enjoys that. I think sometimes I feel like I go try to meet people just for my mom so she can like tell her friends that that's happening. It's kind of crazy. 
One thing I, I saw, uh, and I really caught wind of your work, was when you started working uh, overseas in India. Uh, I think last year a record called City Slums came out. Anyone know that record? Um, I take a lot of pride uh, as a DJ, and so does Juicy. We take a lot of pride in being the first people to play records. It's like a thing for us. Like, for those of you who know us, we're into like, a few things, right? Yeah. Music, number one, and sneakers, right? And me we always, too. And food. Oh my God. And food. Oh my God. And, where am and I? Like, so me and him always compete like, oh, did you get this record? Or, you know, did you hear this? Like, I got it first. Or I played it first. Or like, I got these shoes first or whatever. So when I got City Slums, I think I was like early on it. And I made sure to put it on a mixtape. And I made sure to keep playing it at parties or whatever. But I noticed that compared to your prior music, this was done in collaboration with an artist in India, yeah. a rapper, yeah. Divine. And uh, how did that come about and how did you even decide to go from being in LA, doing music here, to say, you know what, I gotta go to Bollywood. That's part one of the question. And the other part is, is you as a, a Telugu, a South Indian, mm -hmm. going into Bollywood is a little bit different than a lot of what you see in Bollywood, which is very North Indian driven. Mm. So I kind of want to ask about that. Well. I don't know if City Slums was entrance into Bollywood. I would say it was entrance into Bombay, you know, which had always been a fascination for me. You know, I, I'd known so much, but I'd heard about the music scene, but I wanted to experience it. And actually a few years before we did City Slums, I had seen um, Yamira Bombay. And I remember watching it and being like, oh shit, it's happening. Like, this kid is rapping in the gully, like, and he's got his whole squad, and who's this Indian dude with dreads? Like, I lost my shit. I was like, oh my God. I like called my mom, like, mom, look at this, you know? So I was like, it's happening, and it was like this hope that I had in the motherland. Like, every time people would reject or tell me like, oh, what you're doing is too Indian, and like, you know, the people in America don't give a shit about this. Take your bindi off, bitch. Like, all that stuff, whatever the fuck, you know? Whenever I heard that. I would just remember like, this real shit is happening, you know? And then Mere Galime came out and that shit with Nazi and Divine was so dope, you know? So um, I just reached out to him. The internet is a wonderful, powerful, amazing place. And I just was like, hey, let's collaborate, you know? And that turned into, you know, like a friendship and we just kind of talked about music. And then it wasn't until I sent him Mira. I actually sent him Mira after I wrote it and then he understood, you know, like, okay, this is the person that I should be collaborating with. So actually he sent me City Slums and was like, I wanna hear, you know, put a verse on it, like sing the chorus. So I wrote my verse in LA, he wrote his verse in Bombay. And then when we met in person, cause I was, right when I put my album out, I was like, you know what? I'm going through whatever I'm going through in America. I'm, I'm fighting all this, you know, obstacles with my work. And I'm like, let me go where people, you know, will support me. And, you know, let me go where I come from. If, I, if, if I'm really about this, if I'm culture first, then who am I if the people don't know me? Who am I if the people don't love me, you know? So I called my friend, who I knew was in Bombay, Divine. And I was like, I want to come out there. So, you know, he helped me. We got some shows. And when I went out there, the first show I did was NH7. And I just walked out to 3,000 people, and I sang City Slums. No one had ever heard it. We hadn't even finished writing it. We didn't even, had, hadn't even written the bridge yet. And it was crazy, because I did Mute, and there was people in the front row that had no idea I was coming, you know? And Mute had been played on VH1 India, which was crazy. Someone DM'd me and was like, can we put the video on VH1? And I didn't have anybody helping me, so I was like, yes, please. And then they gave me a platform and played it eight times a day. 
And when I got there for NH7, my parents were there with me. Every, I brought my parents to India. We're like, we're going. Um, I just walked out and I started singing mute and everyone in the front row knew the words. And my mom was like, whoa, they know the words. And you know, it was a crazy experience for her. And I just, after I caught that bug, I was like, yo, I'm not going back where people are trying to tell me to take my bindi off. Like, these are my people. I don't have to tell them who Mira is, you know? And I felt like I could, you know, be an artist there and grow. And I really, really was like, I, I went against everyone. <laughs> like, my parents were not down for me to move to Bombay, you know? But I just knew that I had to, you know, I needed to grow. So I took my ass to Bombay. When exactly was that? That was um, right after the album dropped, so December 2016. And I just like only came back for like two week periods for people's weddings. And now I'm ba I've been back for three months and it's the longest I've been in America since I dropped my first album. So it's really been... So you're a Bombayite now officially? I mean between LA and Bombay. I say I, I kind of go back and forth. <laughs> Be about it, bruh. <laughs> so was the acceptance immediate? Like, was the... It was crazy. Like, it, it, I went to Bangalore the first time, and I think the album had only been out for, like, three weeks. Like, it was so crazy. People knew the words. Like, you just couldn't, you couldn't take away the joy. Like, I, could, I was feeling in my heart. And people loved Mira. And, like, that record, I fought everyone. Like, I fought my whole management team. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care if I never make another album. This song is going on this fucking album, okay? It's going out in the world, and I don't give a shit. If no one wants to listen to me again, cool. At least I did it, you know? And I like, because I remember the day I wrote it, I was up at 3 a.m. that night, and I was listening to it in loop, and I was just crying. Because I was like, I made something that I dreamt of making as a child. I wanted to find a space where I could be both and feel accepted and that song was the beginning of that for me the beginning of that sound you know so that album was like the come up was real like that was a real struggle that manifestation everything about it but you know it made me the artist I am today and I appreciate it you know the struggle because if I got it easy then you know it wouldn't be worth it really you know authentic man super authentic divine one of the artists any other artists um that you've worked with that you're very fond of or just have this synergy with um, yeah. overseas in, in Bombay? I mean, Nuclea. Nuclea is an amazing, you know, producer and DJ. I'm like so, you know, I'm excited about what he did for the country. He's like the first superstar homegrown, you know, and the way he brings these different sounds of the street into everything he's doing, you know, I've been so inspired by him and I'm like looking forward to doing more with him, you know, putting some music out for the people because he, he gets the biggest crowds. So I just want to rock those crowds with them. <laughs> I want to understand something. For those of you, there's a lot of musicians in the crowd today, uh, people who are in the music space or creative space in general. Um, you did your deal with Epic here in the States, mm -hmm. and your biggest fan base is in India. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to wrap my head around why, why that play was made and why you did that versus just going to India and getting a deal over there and getting a marketing budget and, and yeah. a team over there. I mean... God is the author of this story, so I just follow wherever he leads me. You know, first I was signed to Epic, but, you know, because I was signed to Epic, I was able to have other doors open for me in India, you know? And I was able to, like, negotiate some type of, you know, deal between the two um, branches of Sony and was able to really build my market there. 
I noticed that in America, numbers are the only thing people pay attention to. And the kind of music I make, you know, there's all kinds of music, but specifically the kind of music I make has to um, resonate with the people for people to understand it. Um, so I went to the land of one billion people, you know? I was like, you want numbers? Cool, one second, I'll be right back. It's all good, just, just hang out. Just wait one second, you know? Clap and it I, up for that, man. <laughs> I needed the people, 100%. And I needed more than the numbers. I needed the strength from them, you know? I went through a lot, like, understanding and, and creating this space for myself. And I just wanted to know that, you know, they had my back. Like, now I, I, I'll talk mad shit to anybody. I'll just be like, what? What's good? Okay, hold on one second. Uh, Hindustan, did you hear that? Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, one billion, my army is strong, so. I want to see someone try now. Right? Anik knows, man. He's got the army, too. He Shout knows. to Anik in the back. You walked yeah. through a little late. <laughs> Queens. <laughs> Heavy. So the record comes out in about 10 minutes. Oh, globally. my God. It's going to be on every major platform, right? And you could be Everywhere. anywhere in the world, but the queen has come to Queens, right? Hi. So, Hi. so for us, I think, I think from, from a perspective just of just being two DJs that just love music and love the culture. We're like, we're pretty honored and you guys should be honored Thank too. Thank you guys Roger's spending here. this moment with us. And the way I see it, the way I see it, I, I got the record a while ago, about what, a couple weeks ago now? Yeah, you've heard it. Yep, I've you've heard been it. You've it. I played it actually and then she told me, whoa, 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 stop playing. You, you can can't play it, play it, but don't post it. <laughs> so I've heard it. I was a fan. I've heard, the first time I heard it, I was, it was on the cell phone in L.A. <laughs> I chased her down. I found her at Bud Mosh in L.A. And I chased her down, and she played the record on the cell phone for me, and I thought it was dope. Uh, and then you finally sent me the record after That's me. That's the true test. I test everything on an iPhone. Like, if you like it on an iPhone, then I got it. And I know. knew from that moment that that record was going to be great. And I like, I like to know those moments, right? To me, what this record is... Uh, is not just a record that is for the Indian market. It's not just for the American market. I believe this record is a global banger. Yeah. It's a smash. And, when, and, and you, you told me when you played it for me that this is the shit right here. This is my best record. This is my hope in a dark place that that record was going to get me out of. You guys want to hear it? Yeah. Should, can we play it before the world hears yeah, it? Yeah, fuck it. We're going to do it first here. Well, you got it, Avi? Eight minutes before Shout the world. Shout out to my man DJ Avi <laughs> sitting down. <laughs> Yo, we're going to play it? Put it loud. Drop that sheet. Can I begin? You could get your cell phones out. You could post. You could go social media. Do whatever you want. At the Raja Kumari. Shining with the bangles out. Fuck pushing up in Bentley trucks. Only G6, bitch, you know the wheels is up. Uh, praise to my maker, got that Hindu walk. Only rings from my favorite better be King Tut. Gully gang in the slang, fuck a test your luck. When 
on the last time you seen a Hindustani stir. Third world shit for real. From the east end, never be shit. If you sleep, bitch, resilient. Cause I break bread with a billion. Respect for my bloodline, the disease in my pants. Yo, stop that shit. What's up? Praise. I'm so happy. Cheers, 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 guys. Thank you, cheers. Thank you for being here with me. Oh my God. The queen the is definitely in Queens. Yo, I'm crying. I made that face like four times. Like, I'm crying. Damn, damn, crazy. Damn, turn the fuck up now. You guys can't even turn me down. <laughs> damn, you're going to be tequila. Back to too. the podcast. Everyone sit down and shut up. <laughs> it just felt like so, like, you guys can sit down and listen to it. Nah. <laughs> All right, let me gather my life. Okay. I'm back. I'm back. What time is it? Yeah, we early. we it's early. It's okay, though. <laughs> that I'm felt good. It felt so good. I'm free, you guys. I'm free. You're, I know what that is. <laughs> what you guys think of the record, for real? Fire. Fire. Thank you. Wow. Speechless. Crazy. So we, um, as we mentioned, as actually Sherrod mentioned, one of our main focuses here is to to tell the stories of those who are making impact in society and culture. Um, and a lot of youth always strive to kind of put their foot in the ground and make that imprint. Um, and often are, are kind of hesitant and scared. And we always ask uh, our guests, like, are there any words of wisdom that you want to leave with the youth, our young listeners, to kind of... Yeah, of course. I mean, the one thing I can say is that like manifestation is real. Like you really just set your intention. I made a vision board, now it's been eight, nine years ago. And I just put images of what I wanted in my life, who I wanted to work with, where I wanted to travel. And like you could literally just like check things off the board. And I've gotten them exactly as I asked for them. And I just realized that like we are powerful beings. And that when you believe you can't do it, you're not gonna be able to. So like any idea that comes in your mind it's never too big because like god put that idea in your mind you know so don't find yourself unworthy of what he's called you to do you know so i just hope that i hope that you you know would do what you love and not be scared because it's an amazing exciting time we can call this the brown renaissance where we get a chance you know I like that. and um we're all together in this so i think that if you're called to do your part you're supposed to do it because for us to have the same thing that you know the Latin music had, it's going to take every single one of us, you know, working together in different artistic fields, pushing ourselves to the prominence, you know, prominence in in entertainment or you know in poetry, like Rupi Kaur is doing, like you know, just making ourselves relevant. That's what we need in order to have, you know, the diaspora grow and be like it is in England, where they have BBC Asian Network or they have. TV shows with, you know, or they have all the models and, you know, th that kind of representation, we can have it here, but it requires, you know, all of us really, really pursuing things that we want to do and doing something outside of just the, you know, we have enough engineers and doctors and lawyers, we really do. I want more of them, my whole family's doctors, but, you know, we need, we need artists, we really do. So that's my advice, is to go do that shit. I think that's amazing. Uh, I think that all your work is incredible. You inspire a lot of us. Um, as DJs, we love playing your music. Like I said, like just the emotion that you bring to anything that you put out is incredible. So we commend you, we salute you. This is definitely brown excellence right here in front of everybody. So give it up one more time, everybody, for Raja Kumari. Raja Kumari is princess, right? Daughter of the king. 
daughter of the king, but the king. Today you're the queen and queens. Hello. <laughs> she grows up, you know, it's okay. <laughs> Ascension. This <laughs> 